Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for joining the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And I'm here with my good friend, James Meehan. Everybody Mm. loves James, right? Except for the people that don't. So okay, wow, good. Oh dang, there we. (laughs) I treat all my guests that way. I'm so glad to be here. Except, except Josh James. Yeah, I was about to say that's definitely not true because I listen when there's other guests on here, and you're so kind to them. I I I am. I actually am just lots of just kindness. I treat them with respect, and then when you're here, here, I think this is the one time I get to be disrespectful and and just man, I receive it. I receive it. Well, I don't know if that's good, but hey, um, so I am glad that you're here and uh, excited to get to chat with you today. Um, You know, and and hopefully everybody listening knows that something that we've been doing is is we like to take questions from current switch leaders, people who are in the game, who who are right there in ministry, Um, whether it be that you're on a support team supporting what happens behind the scenes in switch or you're leading a small group. It it doesn't matter because if you're serving in switch, you're instrumental to what we do. And so Absolutely. we would love, we would love to hear your questions. Um, so you can email those in to switch at life.church. If you're thinking right now, I might email one. Stop thinking about it and just do it. Just Come send on. that email. Please you know? so, and thank but, you. But I, that, yes. So here, here's one question. So we're, we're going to cover this question today. This is such a good question. I wish I actually knew what question this campus was from so that I could give them props. Um, but I, I don't. So, you know, if it's you, <laughs> tell your youth pastor, that was me. I'm that person. But here's the question, James. They said, how do you balance letting students find their own way through spiritual questions and wanting to intentionally lead them to the truth? How do we balance that? Mm, yes. That I was one of those mm, questions. Yeah, <laughs> That question is just so good because of the fact that you're asking that question that tells me that you're thinking about this the right way, because it should be a tension we manage, not a problem we solve. And this Absolutely. is a thing that I think is so, so, so vital for us to wrap our minds around as people who are leading other people in the journey of growing closer to Jesus is that this journey is never clean. It is never simple, but it is oftentimes messy. It's oftentimes complicated, but it is in the messy complications that we see the beauty of God at work. So one of the things that we recently put into writing about how we think about crafting content for students is we say, that we refuse to settle for easy answers. Instead, we equip our students to wrestle with hard truths. And the reason why we have this mindset is because we acknowledge that our young people are growing up in a post-Christian culture. That means they're growing up in a culture that has, in their eyes, moved beyond the need for Christianity. Now, we know that the gospel is just as relevant today as it has ever been. But for our culture by and large, they have come to the conclusion that God is not real. The Bible is not 
good and that Jesus is unnecessary. And so as we are trying to reach our students who are growing up in that kind of a culture, who are growing up in a world that thinks those kinds of things, we have to actually equip them to respond to difficult questions. We have to help them become resilient, faithful disciples of Jesus in a world that can best be described as a modern day digital Babylon, because we are not raising these students to be following Jesus in the peace and serenity of Jerusalem, but in the difficulty and complications of Babylon. And because of that, because they're growing up in a world where their faith is going to be challenged and tested regularly, we have to make sure that their faith is strong. And if all we do is tell our students what to do and what to believe without giving them the space to learn how to think, and how to wrestle with truth, then we won't be adequately setting them up for success. So I give you all of that setup. Here's how we manage the tension. We recognize that as human beings, we are so much more open to discovering answers when we're actually asking questions. So if I were to just show up to you on the side of the street and start telling you about something that up until that moment you have zero interest in. If I were to get on this podcast every week and talk about Dungeons and Dragons and all of the intricacies of it, you would probably tune out immediately. Why? Because you don't really care about Dungeons and Dragons because you're not as big of a nerd as I am, (laughs) right? But if, for instance, you saw me playing Dungeons and Dragons with a group of people and you found yourself asking the question, hey, what are you doing? you would probably be interested in discovering the answer. So you would be open then to whatever it is I have to say. That doesn't mean that you'd be a huge fan of Dungeons and Dragons, but you would be more open and receptive to what it is I have to say. Why? Because you're the one who asked the question. And this is why we craft our messaging and our content to equip our students with questions instead of just giving them answers. Now, one of the things that we do acknowledge though, is that these students, these 12 to 18 year olds in a um, in a very real way are unfamiliar with the truth of God's word. And so we want to guide them through the scriptures in a way where we're inviting them to better understand who God is, what that means for them, what it looks like to live in community, and how they can use the gifts they've been given for the good of others. But we want to do it in a way where it's leading to conversations. It's leading to discussions because it's through the process of asking questions that we actually start to care about the answers. It's through the process of wrestling with these ideas that we begin to discover how to think and we flex those muscles of critical thinking in ways that will be absolutely necessary for these young people as they continue to grow up in a world that has rejected the truth of Christianity and the goodness of God. And so how do you manage the tension? I think the best way you can do it is you lead by example. Because even if you don't tell them what the truth is, but you live according to the truth, that is going to speak so much louder than you giving them the right answers. It's been said before that more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. That before people ever hear what you have to say, they're going to pay attention to what you do. And so when you as a switch leader are creating space 
for students to ask the hard questions and wrestle with the conclusion that their questions are bringing them to. And yet you are modeling what faithfully following Jesus looks like day in and day out. You will be that signpost that is constantly pointing them to truth, even when they're not exactly sure what truth even is. So I said a lot of things. I hope that that's helpful. I hope that in my rambling, you found something valuable in that. Or maybe I'm just trying to answer this question in a way that causes you to wrestle with your questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love, um, you know, you use the, the, the word guide, right? Like, don't tell me, show me. Mm, Come on. So I think a lot of times, and it's not like, I think a lot of times we think of ourselves, you know, in a position of of authority or like, you know, I'm, I'm older and I'm trying to invest back in a student and we think, yeah, I'm a teacher. I mean, and yeah, in many ways, yeah, you're gonna have an opportunity to teach students maybe different things about scripture, maybe different things about life. Absolutely. But I really do believe that the more accurate description of our role is to be a guide. And, and it's for us to, to just show them this is where we're going. Because if I tell you that this is right, but I don't actually show you that this yeah. is right, then what have I actually accomplished and why on earth would you believe me anyways? So man, so, that, that's James. That was so good. Hey, Josh, hold on real quick. Yeah. Because as soon as you start talking about that, maybe think about another thing. I got to say it because I'm thinking it, Let's I'm going to say it. I'm not fully sanctified. I don't have all the self-control that I probably need, but here's the thing that was Amen. most helpful for me in being comfortable with attention. It was studying the way that Jesus teaches. So how does Jesus oh, teach? Good. He does not give easy answers. He asks way more questions than he gives answers. And then oftentimes when he gives answers, he gives answers in the form of stories and parables. (laughs) And so there are times where Jesus rattles off a list of parables, these pictures that are meant to challenge the way that his hearers view God and his kingdom. And his disciples, the people who spent the most time with him, still did not understand what Jesus was saying. And so there's something about questions. There's something about wrestling that Jesus was okay with, and he actually provoked and invited from other people. And so if Jesus is the greatest teacher who ever lived, and he was okay with that tension of giving people questions to wrestle with, rather than solving all of their questions and by giving them easy answers, then I think we as his followers need to learn how to be okay with that as well. Absolutely. And I, and I think when we talk about teacher, people are thinking, well, Jesus was the good teacher. Like Jesus was a teacher. So what do you yeah. mean? Like I'm supposed to teach. Yeah. But, but what, the example you're giving is great. Like don't, don't compare Jesus to your third grade teacher, Mrs. Jones. Like, please, <laughs> is that what we're doing right now? Because that's not the same. Right. So right. You know, like understanding like, yeah, he was, he was a teacher, but let's be clear. He taught pretty differently than Absolutely. the way that we think of as teacher. He guided yes. people. He showed 100%. people. He lived it. So, man, great. Hey, whoever submitted that question, just go ahead right now and pat yourself on the back, okay? Yep. Wherever yep. you are, whatever continent you're on, actually, I know Come on. you're on, but, you know, like whatever <laughs> campus you're at, pat yourself on the back, tell your youth pastor, that was me, and then they should give you something, like your favorite drink, non-alcoholic, Hopefully, um, good clarification. You know, maybe, I don't know. I'm just everybody because, has their thing because um, Jesus never drank alcohol. Well, I'm just 
I, listen, I'm in Oklahoma, James. All right. I, <laughs> All right. Just for clarification, I, that was incredibly sarcastic. His first miracle was turning water into wine. All right. Continue, Josh. <laughs> All right. We're here to make people mad and judge us. So anyways, yeah, um, hey, moving on. We are, um, man, we do have like another great conversation we want to have. And and we want, we, want, we want to move on to talking about kingdom people, right? So we were in this series um, that um, we're in week seven, going into week seven of kingdom people. This has been, I'm truly, I, I mean this, this has been the strongest um, content to, to kick off a semester that I can remember. Like when I just think back and go like, as far as help, uh, uh, putting us in a position to teach the Bible and to truly like challenge students in their faith, but in how they see and live out their faith. This has just been what I'm so excited about it. And, and you know, we got to youth pastors at each campus last last week, got to preach and um, and share with our communities. And that was so great. And so we're excited. We have two weeks left going into week seven. I know that week seven is going to be something. It's going to be special. It's going to be kind of unique um, and have some things that, that we thought, hey, it's important enough that we actually address this on the podcast because we always want to set our leaders up to win. So James, set us up to win. Yeah, absolutely. So this week we are uh, stepping into Matthew chapter seven and it's in Matthew seven verses one through 12 that Jesus talks about how in verse one, we are not to judge because when we do, we too will be judged. The same way that we judge others is the way that we will be judged. With the measure we use, that measure will be used against us. And then he closes out this section of teaching in verse 12 by saying, so in everything, do to others what you would want them to do to you. In this, you fulfill the law and the prophets. Now, this portion of the Sermon on the Mount is one that I would argue is the most misunderstood and least practiced in all of Jesus's teachings. Because sadly, we as a modern Christian community here in the United States of America, the American church, when asked uh, by, when, when non-Christians were asked what three words they would use to describe Christians, they said, judgmental, bigoted, and hypocritical. Judgmental, bigoted, and hypocritical. And so what they're telling us is that they see us exactly the opposite of what Jesus told us to be. <laughs> and here's what is really important for us to think about and why I want to have this conversation with y'all now so that you can be prepared for the message and the conversations that will take place on Wednesday. The reality is that we live in a world today where depending typically on somebody's political preferences, they will either lean towards lots and lots of grace with very little truth or lots and lots of truth with very little grace. And unfortunately, the um, political affiliations that people have in America because of how divided and oftentimes hostile the debates can be, we can easily find ourselves in the trap of hearing people say something that sounds like what the other side would say and assume that they agree with everything that the other side right. believes. And so there right. are going to be some of you where when you hear me teaching this message, you're going to think based off of the way that I talk about not judging others, that I'm on one side of the political spectrum. And then later on in the message, when I talk about the importance of truth and accountability, there are going to be others of you who think I'm on the other side of the political spectrum. What I want to remind you of is that as kingdom people, 
as followers of Jesus, our primary allegiance must always be to the kingdom of God and not to a political party. And so we cannot allow our lens to be so shaped by our political ideology that we begin to read our own biases into what is actually biblical theology. And the thing is, is that this is something that we have to fight against as leaders so that we can actually guide our students through these situations to understand these conversations with nuance, with empathy, and with context. And so I'm giving you this heads up to say that there's going to probably be some things that come up in this message that potentially rub you the wrong way. And and I hopefully... Um, you're, you've been showing up to the message series we're in on the weekend. No offense from our senior pastor, Craig Rochelle, because I, he's preparing us for you. Right. Yeah. Because I'm way more offensive than he is. (laughs) I know. I know. But like all jokes aside, I think that those principles that he's been sharing are going to be really, really valuable for you as a leader to help guide your students through this conversation wisely. Because as we walk through this passage of scripture, here's what we're going to discover together, that Jesus is absolutely committed to truth and he is absolutely committed to grace, that he never compromises one or the other, but he is the fullness of grace and truth in human form. And so as we walk through this passage of scripture together as a switch movement, what we're going to do is look at how in whatever way we interact with other people, we are to do for others what we would want done for us. Now, in the very beginning of this message, I tell a story about a conversation I had with a friend who is a pastor on staff at a church. And this friend was talking to their high school daughter. And their high school daughter said to them, dad, I don't know if I want to be a Christian anymore. And this pastor was a little bit concerned because they're a Christian pastor who understands how beautiful and powerful a relationship with Jesus is and how necessary it is to actually experiencing life and life to the full. So they're immediately concerned for their daughter, but they were, were patient, they were gracious, and they began to ask their daughter questions. And eventually their daughter told them that if I have to choose between loving God and loving my gay friends, I think I would choose loving my gay friends. And so I I tell that story to open up this message. And the reason why I tell that story is because that is unfortunately the perspective that many of our young people have about faith, that for them to be a Christian is to be associated with a community that has demonized and condemned members of the LGBTQ plus community. And so When that happens, here's what we're not trying to do. We're not trying to spark a bunch of conversations about um, homosexuality or those different things. That's not the heart of tonight because what we recognize is that with topics like this, they can so easily be misunderstood and misconstrued that for us, the way that we approach these conversations is when they come up, we do the best that we can to redirect back to what it is that we're here to talk about and then at the appropriate time, like, you know, maybe at the end of the night, after things have settled down, we bring in our youth pastor to help us navigate those conversations. Because what we want to be able to do is have the right conversation with our students that are asking those questions in a way that is full of grace and full of truth. Now, as a switch leader, you might feel really confident about how to navigate those conversations. You might think that you have the right answers or you know the truth or whatever that looks like. Our request, our expectation is that you don't try to have those conversations on your own, 
that you would bring in your youth pastor so that they can be a part of those conversations with you. Now, hopefully that's actually not what the focus of the night is about, the issue and the questions surrounding homosexuality, but instead we can stay focused more on our approach as followers of Jesus so that we can learn how to judge justly, how that we can bring truth with grace, how we can love others the same way that we would want to be loved so that we can accurately model what life in the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. But the reason why I asked Josh to let me get back on the podcast and share this with you (laughs) was so that you could be prepared mentally, emotionally, and spiritually for the different conversations that might come up this upcoming week so that as a switch leader, you can guide your students back to what's good and what's true. Because at the end of the day, as followers of Jesus, as switch leaders, as pastors, our heart is not to be the people doing the convicting, but to be the people doing the connecting. We want to connect people to Jesus, and we're going to let him sort out the different struggles and challenges and questions that they have, just like he does with us. Um, I find myself a lot of times, especially in the culture we're living in today, and and just with so many questions, um, I I find myself going, man, I don't know what to do. Like Like in other words, what you just said, like, I don't know how to sort this out. And I think what you said there at the end is really important that we, we are not actually expected to sort all of it out. Like there, I mean, there's some things that we can help with, but, but there, there was not an explanation an expectation that we have every answer. Absolutely. And sometimes it's, it's sometimes we, I think we get in our own way and or we get in God's way even right at times it, where, where he needs to be the one to help someone sort it out and we need to be the one um, to live out love um, I, I also love something else that you said and I was really challenged by this you said Jesus was completely uh, well, I, this may not be exactly how you said it but this is how I remember it Jesus was Jesus was completely um, truthful and he was completely graceful he did not compromise on either absolutely yeah. And it made me think about it in a different way because I love the idea of grace than truth. I love the idea that um, that like if you love somebody, like if you truly love somebody, you are gonna you're gonna be honest with them. You're gonna tell them the truth. But when I really think about it, I don't know that there has been a point in my, a point in my life that I have been completely graceful and completely truthful. Like that, you know, like I may have been 70, 30 a few times, but like, I, I'm just saying like, there's, I've, I'm very human, which means yeah. that I have an opinion and, yes. and I have thoughts on how something should be handled. And, and through scripture, I have absolute beliefs and that makes it really hard right. to get in that mess and to do it really well. But we also know as followers of Christ, we are called to get in the mess. Like it wasn't supposed to be. If you're serving in Switch and you're like, this is really hard. Welcome to Switch. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, well, welcome (laughs) to youth ministry where we do hard things. And because it just is, it's difficult, but man, it's so worth it. And until you, until you get in the mess you likely won't get to see the fruit of your labor the way you're wanting to. Because Mm, I know every one of us want to see the fruit of our labor. We're like, man, I want to see something crazy awesome happen in the student's life. Like I want to see God transform them. I want to see them be be better than they were. Or you may even be saying like, I just want to see them take one step in the right direction. 
Yeah. Well, the reality is that for that to happen, somebody has to step into the mess with them Come on. and to love them really, really, really well yes. when they do it. And so, man, I, I am excited about this message. I'm excited about the conversations that I believe it will bring. Um, thank you for preparing for it, James. I know that I know that you, um, well, first of all, James, I know you talk to Jesus. I hope you do, um, you know, like it's important. But man, I know that you have a great relationship with God. I also know that the, the things that you are talking to our students about, I know that you are prepared for, that you study this stuff, like you want to know our culture, you wanna know what's going on in students' lives because you wanna reach them. And I, I'm so thankful for that because I know that it greatly influences the content that we put in front of them and the way that we are delivering that content. Like, because we, we wanna do it in a way that reaches them. So, hey man, b before we wrap up, is there anything else, any last words that you'd like to share with our, with our switch team? Yeah. I mean, I think the last thing I would just want to offer is the reality of following Jesus is always going to be messy and difficult <laughs> because yeah. when we follow Jesus, we're going to go the places that he leads us. And Jesus is God in human form who left heaven, entered history and got his hands dirty. It wasn't easy. It wasn't simple. He had to navigate really, really difficult situations, but he did so guided by his father. And that's the thing that I'm always comforted and encouraged by is that as his people, we are guided by his spirit. And so even when we're in the middle of messy, difficult, complicated things that we may not have the answers to, the spirit of God is working in us and leading us as long as we are willing to stay close enough to him to hear his voice when he speaks. Man, I love it so much. Um, James, thanks again for joining us, man. And for everybody else, thank you for joining us. Remember, if you have a question, if you have um, a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss, please send it in to us and give us an opportunity to talk through that topic. Give us an opportunity um, to talk through that question and have a conversation about it. But thank you all for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Oh,